Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time, 20-year breast cancer survivor, almost 21 now. Um, I'm also a professional speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. I'm also the co-founder and directory... Hello, turn the tongue over, it works better. I'm also the Director of Community Outreach for Breast Friends. And Sharon, once again, is enjoying the sunny weather down in the south. She's in San Diego today. Um, So I have our favorite co-host with me, Yvonne Neidegger. Welcome, Yvonne. Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, well, I tell you what. All right, now I'm just enjoying the fact that we have sunshine in Portland, Oregon. Yay! <laughs> We've been in the snow, and I think we're all got cabin fever, so yeah. this is great. <laughs> no kidding. But I will. I am I'm myself a six-year breast cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 2010 with stage three breast cancer. And, you know, I can tell you myself, uh, I was one of those women that I was a powerhouse. The whole time I went through <laughs> yeah. treatment, everyone yeah. looked at me and said, that Yvonne, she's just amazing. She's just incredible. And, and that had, there's no surprise there for I, me. I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> there isn't. We and didn't I, know you then. but I, am, I embrace my inner warrior woman mm-hmm. all the time. But I have to tell you, I'm really excited about today's topic because what I experienced myself was a period of time after everything was done Mm -hmm. that I felt like I had stepped into quicksand. And, um, you know, I was not fortunate enough to know about Breast Mm -hmm. Friends when I went on my journey through cancer, but I was blessed to find the organization within about a month of of hitting that brick wall. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful because the tools that you gave me and the tools that I continue to learn because now um, six years later I am the patient outreach coordinator at Breast Friends and and we are so glad (laughs) (laughs) you know my role is to make sure that other women out there get that same wonderful sense of community Mm -hmm. that Breast Friends is all is about Mm -hmm. so yes so I'm very excited to be on today's show and Dave I can't wait to hear what you have to say (laughs) so we're going to introduce our guest today and and just just a minute, but before before we get into the show, I wanted to just take a minute and really thank Voice America because they actually reached out to us and invited us to have a show here on their network. And this is actually week fifty-two oh, of our first goodness. year. Can you believe? I know, that? right? So it's been it's been a, so a really really too. exciting. Yeah, we've had great topics. I have to just take a minute to say that when we first the very first day of our show, which was on February fifth. We were going to go to the to our office and do our radio show from the office, and then we get a call from our staff saying, don't come to the office. There was a fire in our building, <laughs> and the fire marshal was there, and Sharon and I were already nervous enough because here we're trying to get ready for our show. If we'd uh-huh. shown up at 930 like we were going to to yeah. get on the air, we wouldn't have been able to, and there would have been panic. So one of our lovely, lovely office staff people she had heard about the fire. She raced down there, got the fire marshal to let her in so she could go pick up our microphones oh and bring gosh. them to my house. And Sharon and I did our first show from my house. You know, we, we are, like I say, we are warrior women, yep. aren't we? Yep. And then we tried to be really cool, like nothing was wrong. So we should go back and listen to that show, our very, very first one on February 5th. But, oh. but our listeners, have, they have they've gone way up. We get a, a report every month, and in the first the first month of February, we had just about 800 downloads, and now we're getting between 4,500 and 5,000 downloads a month, which is very cool. And also, we're finding out that many of our listeners are from the UK. I which think is, that's fabulous. I do, too. I, if I had a British accent, I'd put one on right now. So <laughs> we want to... <laughs> oh, really? Say. Oh, that's why I don't act. But <laughs> anyway, so we want to welcome our listeners from the UK, and we love to hear from you. So if you have ideas for the show, write to us, because we just renewed our, our next year contract, oh. and we need a lot of show topics. Absolutely. So. And, you know, speaking about that, today's topic is one of those that, like I alluded to, I think all all of us that go through a, a diagnosis of cancer face sooner or later, and that's figuring out what is our new normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have a fabulous guest today, and his name is Dave Williams. Sharon and I have been a guest on his radio show, 
And thank goodness Dave agreed to return the favor and be on our show. Welcome, Dave. We really are so happy to have you here. Well, thanks very much for having me on such an auspicious occasion. Congratulations, (laughs) one whole year. This is I know, is that something? (laughs) So, Dave, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to our audience and tell us your story, because I know they'd all love to hear this. Well, my story is like many other people's story. I'm a colon cancer survivor, just coming up to my fourth cancerversary in a month, and still out there in somewhat recovery mode, still trying to find my new normal, because my treatment program was a complicated one. It, mm. it, it lasted for, for, well, almost four years, but intensively the first uh, year and a half, 15 months in hospital, other than six weeks of day passes, most of the time was going through multiple surgeries as well as... Oh, wow. You know, the chemo and the radiation. And unfortunately, I faced death three times, but great to the team that brought me through it. And as a result of that experience, I I just have this amazing obligation to reach out and help others. And that's why we put on our weekly video show on Find Your New Normal, just to pay it forward, to help all other patients survivors uh, deal with issues uh, you know we are we go through I think that's you know that's so amazing and, and especially I, I find now more and more patients that go through this treatment are really looking for ways to give back and to reach back to other people coming behind them so you know kudos to you for giving a location that people can rally and and meet and you know it's such a, a wonderful opportunity to share your stories that's for sure and you know Dave I know that the emotional roller coaster that comes with living with cancer is something that you know we all kind of approach differently. And it sounds like you've had an amazing journey, but you know maybe you can talk a little bit about your personal experience with that. Yeah, it, it's a little unusual because I'm trained as a psychologist, so I should be able to immediately <laughs> the emotional roller coaster. But what is that they say about the toddler's the children? You can have all the academic <laughs> knowledge that you have and yet when you face the, this cancer journey it, it it stretches you beyond belief and I'm one of those people like many of us who are grateful for having gone through the process because I'm a much better person having learned so much about living and 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 helping and com- compassion and empathy which were things that were so necessary in order to get through the treatment and into the survivorhood. So the, the, the surprise for me was it was such a strange roller coaster. You'd think that you were on it and then off of it, but then you were back on it again, <laughs> and you thought you could get off of it, and suddenly you were on the coaster. It was just yeah. a, uh, a very unnerving system uh, that I was thrown into. And although very grateful to the psychosocial help that I received, there wasn't a lot of practical help. Yes, there was, you know, let's, let's learn about deep breathing and meditation and, you know, some very standard techniques. But it is so much more uh, because yeah. of the fears that build. I mean, and I mean, I for almost two and a half years, I still had uh, post-traumatic flashbacks, and you know, couldn't get them. You know, stop the panic that came from it. And even today, four years later, I'm not looking forward to you know more scans and the outcomes of you know when is cancer coming back. So, the the roller coaster of emotions are there. You learn how to cope with it, and you do find a base of what's your new normal, which is different for everybody. And I congratulate everyone I meet who, who are doing this because it's one of the most difficult challenges you'll ever face. Well, that's certainly been our experience, too. You know, it's like every time we go in for a scan, right? I mean, you, yeah. you do those follow-up scans, and every time you go in, there's a certain amount of nervousness, and it's like, and it kind of, and it all comes back. It's kind of like having a baby, you know. You forget the pain pretty quickly till you're back in labor again with the next one. It's like, oh, why did I do this again? So yeah, That's 
And I have a, a an analogy I give to my patients because a lot of people come into us and they and they'll say, you know, gosh, I can't wait to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, I, I always hate to to me that always feels like I'm on a train and God knows what it's the it's at the end of it. But what I like to share with them is the fact that to me, cancer is more of a path. And when you step on that path. And you actually accept the fact that regardless of where it takes you and regardless of what's going to happen, this is your new path. Speed bumps, potholes, all the other things, but also all the beautiful things that Mm -hmm. happen along the way that you might not have seen if it hadn't been for the cancer. So it's not always a bad thing. It's not always like, oh, great, I'm now on this horrible path. It's more like... I'm on a new I'm on a new one. Yeah. And, and it's just gonna be different. Yeah. And to your point, there's some there's beauty along the way and and if you keep your eye I always talk about keeping your eye on the prize. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of people use that term, so I know it's kind of overstated, but but it's true. As you're going through a, a journey like this of cancer, you know, it, it we all take that path differently. And one example is when I went through my cancer journey um, initially I actually took time off from work because work was a stressor. But people said I was also in school at the time, mm. and people said I should take I should take time off from school. Well, to me, I needed a degree because my doctor gave me a sixty percent chance to survive past five years, and I thought, well, if I only have five years, can I possibly get my degree in that five year period? And so I kept my eye on that prize. Sure. And so by keeping my eye on getting my degree. You know, it, you can't really focus outward and inward at the same exactly, time, right? Exactly. So, so I kept my my eye over there, and I did end up getting my degree. Uh, I'm really glad my doctor was wrong, though, because it took me seven years to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, by keeping your eye on the prize. So, whatever, when you're going through a journey like this, I know it's really hard. But if there's something that you can focus on that's just outside, if it's your children or you know, something, a hobby, something you love to do, that kind of helps with the emotional roller coaster a little bit because you're less inward, you're less involved in, the, in some of those inward emotions. At least that's what I'm finding. So, yeah, um, Dave, do you have to recognize that it is a roller coaster and to be prepared for it? We all have yeah. our metaphors of the journey that we're on. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I look at it as a nautical person would. You're, you take your boat out into the lake and there's a storm and it scares you to death. But then when you go out two, two months later and you've already gone through that storm, you can handle it, the next one even easier. So, sure. you know, I feel I've gone through a, a Category 20 hurricane <laughs> and survived, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and even though there are more challenges and, and more unknowns, I feel more prepared for what I'm going to face. And so my emotional uh, distress starts to get minimized as long as I continue with my meditation routines and my distraction routines mm-hmm. and trying to to take a, a focus on what is happening in my life, be mindful, be aware of what's going on, and then reach out for the help, whether it's professional or your friends and, and support groups that can hug you every day and help you get through this. It's, it's, uh, it, what do they say? It, it, you need a village in yeah. order to get through something like this. And it's true. Don't do it on your own, except yeah. that this is what has happened. And now what can I learn from it? How can I grow through it? How can mm-hmm. I be prepared to deal with the next thing that comes along? Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't even, uh, I think people now, uh, just six years of difference from the time I was diagnosed to now, there's a much more um, involved community in the medical community with this concept. You know, it, when I went through the idea of them encouraging me to do yoga and meditation, you know, really wasn't there. And now that's almost secondary with a, a diagnosis. And, and don't you find that more and more patients are from their doctors being supported in this part of the process through all the different things that are available. I think you're right that there's an awareness that these techniques are needed, but there's not universality. I mean, I've gone, I go to three different hospitals and each one has their own culture and only one of them really look towards these support services as meaningful. Uh, so you, you've got to ask for it. You've got to reach out for it. You've got to find the wellness centers that are associated 
with your treatment program at the hospital to to wrap uh, you in a nice warm blanket and and help you through the the ups and downs that you're going to face. I I really thought it would be you know like a heart attack, something serious, and they fix it and you get on with your life. I did not expect this thing to to go on and on and complications yeah. Yeah. after and complications. Yeah, and it can certainly do that. Yeah, you know what? Okay. We need to go out on a Dave. We're going to go out on a yep. break, okay? And we can pick sure. this up on the other side. So please yep. hang hang in with us. We'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about the new norm with our guest, Dave Williams. And Dave, I th- we kind of had to cut off and go to break. And I think that there may have been a little more conversation around what we were just talking about. Do you have, have some other thoughts around the deep breathing techniques and all of those things that, that may have helped you? Yeah, the, I think the the surprise for me was the need for these support techniques. Uh, also, the need for support groups, and spent many hours visiting face-to-face groups in my local area, online groups, telephone groups, trying to find people I could connect with that had answers to the coping problems that I had, not the medical issues. My medical team were there and did the best that they can, but it was the hand-holding that I needed to, to deal with that uh, roller coaster that we were talking about. And as I meet people uh, through my show, I find that there's a lot of variety in terms of what you can reach out to, to find, but you've got to do it. And not every place will meet your needs, and you've got right, to right. keep searching. You know, as, as you know, I've, I've now been looking into new techniques that are coming on to the to the arena, and we'll be talking about that later in the show. But right. you've got to know that there, that what works for you, and ex- expect to find discomfort in the support until you do find the comfort zone. It comes back to you are a unique person. Your journey is a unique journey, and you need a unique uh, support structure around you that helps you go through the ups and downs that you're going to face. Yvonne, why don't you talk about the Girls' Night Out? She leads our Girls' Night Out group in our southwest area here in, in Portland, Oregon. And why don't you talk about that just a little bit because you've experienced that yeah, often. <laughs> I, I was just going to say we had our program last night. And Girls' Night Out was established to um, allow women to come together as, uh, like you've mentioned earlier, it's a village. And there is nothing better than being in the company of women who you don't have to explain yourself to. Uh, I think there's a shorthand that we talk about in 
cancer treatment that um, once a woman has been down this path, you don't have to explain what it feels like. You don't have to go into great detail and they get you. And empathy to me is one of the biggest tools that we have to get down this new normal. To be in a, a support group like our Girls' Night Out program, and these are great because in Portland here we have a, a large community, so we've spaced them out around the area and we've allowed women within their own community to find a group that works well for their their location. And, you know, it's just a chance for them to meet to share where they are in their journey at that particular moment and to get that. Um, I love the nod factor. You know, when you sit with a group of people and you start to talk <laughs> yes. about something and everyone in the group mm-hmm. starts to nod mm-hmm. because they get you. Yeah. You know, when you're talking to your friends when you've been diagnosed with cancer, uh, they don't have the opportunity to have that nod factor like another woman who says, I know what it feels like to be on tamoxifen mm-hmm. or I know what it feels like to go through chemotherapy and lose your hair. You know, those are the things that with the Girls' Night Out program, we really focus on allowing them to have that safety net and safety zone where they can share their feelings with people who get them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what you're talking about too, Dave, is knowing that when you go into an organization, find a group that fits your needs, that gets what you're going through, that you can communicate well with. Yeah, and they very, have to very be good. at the same level of recovery that you are at, because in the early stages, you're just sitting there exhausted, and cancer sucks. And yeah. <laughs> you know, is often just ventilation. And for other people further down the treatment program. They want an optimistic, upbeat meeting, and that mm-hmm. was part of the difficulty as I moved from group to group, is to try mm-hmm. to find right. people who were at the similar stage of moving forward than I was, so that it wasn't a downer session. And I understand the need for ventilation. I, you know, I, 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 I recommend that people do that, but at a certain point, you've got to get your new normal, you've got to get your feet on the ground, and you've got to figure out how you're going to move forward, and you want those friends who are nodding and saying, I understand, to then support you. It's very similar to what you find with Alcoholics Anonymous group meetings. They, you know, every city has five or six of them, and each one is different, and some of them fit you, some don't, but their main focus is on supporting you in a positive direction to get it through your recovery. And that's what you need to look for when you're with uh, the the support. And even more so, if you're not doing it face-to-face and you're going online, then you've got far more choices online internationally, and you've got to find a group, again, that meets your needs and helps you move forward. Well, and we actually started a new program this year just with that thought process in line called our Warrior Women Workshops, or Woo 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 for short. (laughs) (laughs) But what, what our thought was, and it's really similar to what you're saying here, Dave, is that, you know, yes, there's a really important space in this process for that that ventilation and that ability to sit and really talk through what you're going through. But there's also a desire to be with like-minded people in an environment where you're actually doing an activity or learning a skill or, you know, experiencing something together that gives you a common uh, thread of connection mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily have to do always with cancer, but with the fact that you're moving forward and and talk about in December they had one where they built wreaths and the wreaths yeah. were beautiful. You so know, and, and and that was the thing is my my goal for this program was to provide them with entertainment, with education, with the tools mm-hmm. that um, our last program was on nutrition. And you know this is just the type of thing that ladies and men obviously that are going through any type of cancer are looking for as many opportunities to to create that healthy environment. And with this program, we're trying to really focus on what are some of those tools. So mm-hmm. that's, that's been great. Right. And we know that, you know, because we're, we're here local in the, in the Portland metro area, there, there are, I'm sure, other similar kinds yeah. of 
of opportunities. One of our workshops is actually a walk and talk. So it's like a meetup group that walks. So, you know, if you're listening from another area of the country, maybe go to to meetup.com. Yeah, it's a great resource. And type in, um, you know, breast cancer or whatever, whatever kind of cancer you have, survivor things and for example I mean all of our programs are on meetup for the local area right. and there may be some local in your <clears throat> excuse me in your own area so no it's super important so um, I, you know we kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about challenges so Yvonne I know you had a question for him yeah and and Dave really what was the the biggest challenge you faced on the road to your new normal what what was the real roadblock in your journey I think it was recognizing what you just said, that there were many issues that you are unprepared for, and you're trying to put a jigsaw puzzle together, because you may begin the journey thinking that it's a medical issue, but suddenly Mm -hmm. it's a nutritional issue, and then it's a physical therapy issue, and then it's a financial issue, and then it's a career issue, and then it's a family issue. It goes on and on and on. Your life is dissembled. I mean, I call them life Lego blocks that are now been (laughs) pulled apart all over the table, and you've got to start snapping them together. And this week, your attitude may be just great, but now you're having trouble with, in my case, my colon and digestion, and I go into a negative spiral. You get that under control, and now your friends are not supporting you. In fact, I had a friend just over the holidays say, what, you you still have issues? It's been four years. Haven't you got over it yet? (laughs) People just don't understand, do they? You know, I mean, the surprise and the challenge was understanding that I was reassembling Dave. I had to look at all the aspects of my life, the pillars of my life, and they were going to be challenges as I recovered. And it wasn't just what the doctor said is, hey, we've fixed, we've got, we've extricated cancer and it's done. It's now getting on with your life. And that is, I mean, I was not a conscious person living my life. And now suddenly I had to be very mindful, very aware of everything that was happening around me. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would go into these negative spirals. So right. Oh, totally. I love I love that phrase, Dave. Dave, your your phrase that you you got into a mode of reassembling, Dave. I like. That. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, that's going to be used. Yeah, I did kind of have a vision of Humpty Dumpty at that very moment, but but yeah. it's a yeah. really great analogy. I mean, just thinking about that because you that's kind of what we're doing. You know, we're re- reassembling our priorities and our maybe our lifestyle yeah. and. And, you know, really what's important to us. So it's, that's really a great, great point. And I wrote that down because I might want to borrow that. <laughs> so, well, it sure so, helps when you have these metaphors in mind because it helps yeah. you understand what the heck am I facing and why is exactly. it happening? You know, and, and you, we talked when you were on my show about your, your spirituality and your need mm-hmm. to ask the big questions of why is this happening to me and am I being punished and what what is my future and if i die what is that going to be like i mean yeah. you are forced into thinking things that you just normally never do yeah From you know as, just... should i drink milk again to <laughs> am i going to die am i going to visit an angel i mean you yeah. are all over the map yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that we're doing through the Warrior Workshop program is uh, we're actually having a guest come to our office and talk about estate and will planning. And, you know, that's a topic that it's important to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're going to die in five years or you're going to die in 75 years. You still need to have this taken care of. But when you go through a diagnosis of cancer, all of that kind of bubbles up to the surface mm-hmm. and you're suddenly, you know, you're kind of thinking more about those things. So, you know, I think everyone um, in this arena, especially, we are more cognizant that we, we obviously, you know, aren't going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And we do need to think about yeah, it. Yeah, And you never know. So I, exactly. And so doing this seminar, I think is going to be really good for the ladies, because, you know, it's, it's kind of almost the elephant in the room sometimes, yeah. you know, when we're talking to a new patient and, you know, unfortunately, some of the ones that are not given a great prognosis, you know, not having a will just adds that level of stress that, you know, we don't need stress because stress, I do truly believe stress feeds cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have those those financial worries and 
what's going to happen with my children and who's going to get what and you don't have that stuff taken care of it's you know it's important you know and if for no other reason if getting a cancer diagnosis helps you get your affairs in order Mm -hmm. we should all have our affairs in order regardless of like you said Yvonne whether it's five years or 75 years um, that's just a stressor that we don't need. So, right. so part of our new norm, I think, is honestly trying to remove stressors. If you don't have that done, get it done. If you did it 20 years ago, update it, you yeah. know, because things change in our lives. So, um, <clears throat> Yvonne, I think you had another question well, because yeah, Dave, things I, change. I, I was, you know, I was kind of, in your experience, Dave, you know, there are people out there that, that receive a diagnosis and a treatment plan and they have a start point and a finish point. But then there are other peoples out there who, unfortunately, are told that their survival rate is not going to be what we would would like to hear, and that they are really looking at a, a different a different type of life from that point on. And and you know what in your in your experience, what have you you know kind of gleamed from that experience with other people that are going through that? I think the thing that that stuck in my mind is the bravery and the inner strength that people um, can draw upon to get them through. I was in the fortunate position, or I look at it as a fortunate position, of being in hospital for 15 months. And around me, people wow. came and people died. And mm. people who came who were told that they only had... Uh, you know, six weeks to live five years ago, we're still yeah. in here for ongoing treatment. So mm. the statistics you learn very quickly are not something that you're going to put a lot of stock in. Instead, it's going to be what your life plan is going to be. I was told as of March last year that I was likely not to live at Christmas of this year. And here I am still <laughs> in, in the fight. So, you know, you, I hate you know, statistics look at this thing and you say you can draw your own life plan and today mm-hmm. is a good day. And I'm yeah. not going to time travel into the future of the what ifs and I'm not going to time travel in the past of what could have been. I'm here today and I'm going uh-huh. to have a smile on my face in the morning <laughs> and a That's smile right. on my face when I go to bed. And I'm going to make sure that I made a difference every day, regardless of how many days I've yet got to live. I love that. I love Dave, that. Dave, let, let me tell you, I have, a, I have kind of this visual I use when I'm talking, when I'm you know, on a stage speaking about statistics somewhere. I have this slide that shows, and is really exaggerated because it's easier to see it this way, but I have a slide that has a, a 10-foot person and two 5-feet people. So if you've got those three people and you've got a two five-feet people and a 10-foot person, um, what is their average height? It's so true. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so it's going to be around six and a half feet or something. So, so, you know, you've got, that's the statistic. It's a 100% accurate statistic. But yeah. which one of them is, you know, six feet tall? Yeah. None yeah. of them. <laughs> so, so I hate statistics for that reason because it's based on on averages and things and you you know who knows I don't I don't want to be average I'm not average (laughs) no not at all none of us are average we're all awesome right (laughs) and I love um Sharon uh who honest to goodness this woman has so many things that she she has created in her world that are so helpful but I think one of the most profound things she ever said was the fact that people aren't born with an expiration date on their feet <laughs> and, and I love that, and I think, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We no. just don't know. Nope. I and, met a woman that was given four months to live by two doctors, and I met her 27 years later, and that was about 13 years ago, and she's been on our show. So, yep. you know, I hate that. <laughs> so we actually are going to go out to another break, but I do have one question, Dave. I'm going to ask you to kind of be thinking about this maybe during the break. So when we, when we come back on the other side, you've had many guests on your show, and, and this is kind of the, the main topic, right? It's talking about the new norm. So is yep. there one piece of advice that was given to you on your show that really stands out for you? You know, and so be thinking about that during the break because we are going to go out. We'll come back on the other side. And I do want to encourage callers, if anybody would love to call in, and I know most of our listens are through the download process, which is fine as long as you're hearing the show. We don't we don't really care how you get to it. So, <laughs> um, But if you would like to call in, our number is 
1-800-273-5792. And just give us a call, and you can talk with Dave or Yvonne or myself, and we'd love to hear from you. So stay, stay on. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. We've been talking about the new norm and how you find it, where does it come from, what does it even mean, with our fabulous guest, Dave Williams. So, Dave, before the break, I asked you to come up, if, if you could remember just from your shows that you've been doing for so long, if you could come up with a, one piece of advice that really stands out to you. Were you able to hey, think yeah, with her? That's a, such a hard question because each of the guests obviously had their point of view and, mm-hmm. and their words of wisdom. So it's sort of my interpretation of what did I see that ran through the shows that would have made the biggest difference to anyone watching our replays. And I think it was about living in the moment that we as humans tend to time travel into the future about what is around the corner, what do I have to prepare for, and then we time travel back into the past and look at what our life could have been. And when we hit an adversity like cancer, we have a tendency to jump back and forth. And I think all my guests came back to say, you've just got to, in fact, I'll use a phrase that I just learned this week, think, shift, and release. And that (laughs) really meant that you had to become aware of what you need to deal with the problem or, in my case, to feel better. And that was the thinking part. And then you had to find a way of shifting your mood around the boundaries of what you're thinking about so that you can deal with the stressors that you're facing. And then you have to move into a release stage where that stress is gone and you've got that smile on your face and you're living in the moment. Mm, Love that. You know, yeah. that technique is something that I'm learning as, as I talk to other professionals and saying it's about living in the moment, being mindful, and stopping the time travel. Whether you like it or not, cancer is in your life, and, and it's likely to be there for the rest of your life, and you're going to be challenged in ways you can't imagine. And so you have to find your resilience to weather that storm and just like the people who go through a hurricane, when it's passed, you rebuild and you do it again. You don't crouch in fear for the next hurricane. You know that it was there. You know you got through it. And you know you're going to get through the next one even yeah. easier because you've learned so much having gone through this challenge. You know, and you're, to that point, you know, kind of the fear of the unknown is such a big deal. You know, oh, if you don't really know what yeah. to expect and you're... 
you know, that that's part of it. You know, Dave, I, because because your situation was colon cancer, it reminded me very much of a friend I had several years ago who went through colon cancer. And she was super private about it. You know, she wouldn't, when people would call her to just check on her, her husband always answered the phone mm-hmm. and always said the same thing. You know, she's not in the mood to talk. So she wouldn't talk to anybody. And, you know, people sent cards, which was wonderful because, and she liked the cards because I, I interviewed her afterwards for one of my school projects. And I said, if there was one thing that, if this happened again, heaven forbid, right? But is there one thing that you learned that you would do differently? And she said, yes, I would let people in. Mm. And because she was so, I mean, her husband was there and she loved getting the cards from people, but she never, you know, released that out and she wouldn't let people come and help and she wouldn't talk to anybody. And she realized how completely alone she felt. She never went to support groups. You've got to groups. learn how to ask for what you need. And I was a person yeah. who was totally self-sufficient and couldn't uh, normally ask for help. And yeah. suddenly I needed help. I mean, I needed people to wash me. I need people to change my diapers. I needed people to help me walk across the street when I was in recovery. Yeah. You know, I wow. needed coffee. I needed food. I needed so much. And I had to yeah. learn how to ask for it, be grateful for it. And, and not hold back at, because the people around you want to help and mm-hmm. it's up to you to use them wisely to help yeah. you move forward. You know, that's, that's so hard, too, because, you know, it's hard to call somebody and ask for help. So we've talked about this on a, on a prior show. I don't remember when it was. But, you know, one of the tools for that is when somebody says to you, and they do so often, they'll say, you know, if there's anything I can do, would you just let me know? Yeah. And our tendency is to say, oh, thank you, I will. And then we don't. And then the friend we said that to thinks that we must not need them because they um, we have it called, right? right? Right. So one of the pieces of advice, we have two things. First off, if you're the friend, don't offer that unless you mean it. Because yes. if the person does finally get brave and calls you and you're not available. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they'll never ask again. So first off, don't say it unless you mean it, right? And then the second thing is, is if you're the patient now and you're the person who needs that help, an easy way to do that is when they offer that help, just say, you know what, I don't know what I need right now, but if something comes up, I will call you. Thank you for that offer. And then when you call them, it's easy to say, you know, Yvonne, remember when you said you'd help me? (laughs) I really need your help. You know, would you come wash my hair? I can't get in the bathtub. And, you know, (laughs) and and this is kind of a a funny tie into that, but I'm actually getting ready to go into the hospital for a procedure next week. It's it's totally unrelated to my cancer. But it was interesting because I've had a couple of my friends say to me, you know, oh, gosh, can I bring you a meal or what can we do to help? Mm -hmm. And, do you know, I fell right back into that same old, same Mm -hmm. old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first thing out of my mouth was, I'm "I'm fine, don't worry. (laughs) And I'm sitting there at home and I'm thinking, gee, you know, it would be really nice to at least come home and not have to think about what's for dinner the first night. And, you know, I have a husband to feed and those Mm -hmm. sorts of funny little details. But, but it, but it's funny because even knowing what I know, so a woman who, or a man who is, you know, thrust into this incredible sense of need in their life, mm-hmm. how do you open your mouth mm-hmm. and say, I need? Yeah. Gosh, it's, it's so hard. hard. So one more tip, if you're that friend offering dinner, instead of saying, can I bring you a meal? You go ahead and you cook the meal and you say, okay, I made a double batch of whatever it was, <laughs> and I've got some for you and your family. Is 6 o'clock okay to drop it by? Yeah, and that is so... Yeah, now it's a 6 o'clock question, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so there are ways to make it easier for the patient to accept that help, but if it doesn't come to you in that format, just yeah. say, I don't, need, I don't need anything right now. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what I need, so if I think of something, may I call you? You know, and for all of you that out there wanting to plan to come bring me meals, I'm fine. Really, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, before and we run out of time, oh, what kind of thing you're asking for? I, you, yeah. I love watching movies. It was part of my shifting uh, part of the process and get distracted away from my worries of the moment by watching oh, yeah. a movie and yeah. would ask people to come over and help. 
one of the things mm-hmm. I loved uh, in, in when I was able to move around was cruising because when mm-hmm. I was on a cruise, we mm-hmm. would go and explore the island, the port of call, and then at dinner time, everyone would discuss what did we, you know, do when we were uh, cruising. Well, I was wondering, is there a way of asking for that kind of help? I can't go on a cruise, but because I've got a technical bent to me, I wondered if I could go on a virtual cruise. Could I go and explore uh, some new areas as a distraction and then look at that new port of call and then share that with my friends? And that's been one of the best stress releasers that... I found is using virtual reality as a way of distracting myself and exploring different places around the world without using fancy technology. I just use my laptop and my mouse and I visit and now I'm going and getting exploration buddies because I want people to walk with me in those new virtual worlds. We probably all saw that movie Avatar a few years back. Yes. And the uh-huh. technology is at that level, but you don't need a bunch of headgear and technology. Your laptop is more than adequate. And you have a little avatar of yourself. I, I'm a wizard. That's my persona. I'm in a wizard with an <laughs> owl on my shoulder and a magic wand. Oh. And, uh, you know, my buddies that are now with me take on a character that they like, and then we go and explore, whether it's London, England, or a tropical island, or at Christmas I was on a winter scene where I was skating on the lake, and uh, New Year's Eve there was a bunch of people, and we were all celebrating as the fireworks were going off. I'm not mobile, so this allowed me to do what I used to be able to do and enjoy, but now on my laptop and reduce my stress. It's just an amazing thing. That is so cool, Dave. You've got to tell us more about this. I want want some background on how you do this. Yeah, where do you you get plugged into this? And and when I first heard you say virtual reality... I thought the the things you put on your face. Yeah, that came to my mind, but I also just kind of pictured you watching... being advertised, uh, you know, they're used actually in chemo, they are using uh, the headsets and meditation to uh, deal with the anxiety and inconvenience of chemo. So meditation with the headset is a big thing. And there are lots of cancer related software that explain things to you. But I don't want to go that sophisticated. I just want to open up my laptop and I go to a place called Second Life. I was there about 10 years ago, but the graphics were not very impressive. Today, with the changes over the last 10 years, my laptop is a two-year-old one, and I just go on and I dress up as this uh, avatar (laughs) wizard, and then I have about three, 400 places that I'm visiting. And they're animated. So I was on a horseback ride last Saturday. I was on a sailboat (laughs) two weeks ago. You know, you literally have arms and legs that move and walk, and you get up and you sit down. And, in fact, my Sunday afternoon cancer support group is now with another uh, dozen people like me who have their avatars, and we all sit around on the grass. And we talk about our cancer and support one another, just like you do in a face-to-face session, except we're doing it online. And for me, it has been the best stress reduction because I'm able to be with other people and we're having entertainment, we're having fun. And then after the cancer support meeting, we decide where are we going to explore and where are we going to get a cup of hot chocolate and where is the warm (laughs) fire we're going to sit beside Because when we're there, the fire is crackling, the smoke is rising, the birds are singing, the waves are there. On New Year's Eve, I was on a 20-minute sleigh ride under the moonlit (laughs) sky, by the waterfalls, by the trees decorated in flashing Christmas lights. It was just heavenly as an escape. And now I just book that in for myself. Every Saturday, I spend a couple of hours going destination exploration and invite other people to come with me, and we walk together and talk and see what we're going to see and and, uh, be relaxed and entertained. And if we need to talk cancer, we'll talk cancer. But it's up to us and what we want to do with it. And as I say, no cost, it's free. (laughs) 
the graphic artists do this for a variety of reasons, but the animations are outstanding. I was uh, on a party in London, England uh, two weeks ago, and I, you know, I was walking around and people were saying, hey, there's the wizard, come and join us. And there was Tom Jones singing away. And I decided to walk <laughs> down the street and went into a bakery and looked at the pastries that uh. were unfamiliar to me that, that Brits like. It was so relaxing, so entertaining, so immersive. And as I say, I'm not wearing the headgear. Now, we can have a show and I'll tell you all the things that people are doing in cancer uh, and virtual reality that will blow you away with these headsets. But That's I'm awesome. just doing it with a laptop in the easiest way. And, and one of my friends in chemo just uh, took the laptop with them. And all the other people in the chemo bay all were distracted by watching her uh, walk and float with the dolphins. And <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. It just Dave, you know what? We are we are out of time. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm getting the signal from Aaron. Um, I can't believe how fast this hour went. Just real quick before we do, can you tell people how they can listen to your show or watch your yeah, show? If, how, in how fact, if do? you go to findyournewnormal.com slash vr. You're going to see okay. some of the videos I've done on what this new uh, stress relaxation technique is. And there's a place okay. to leave your name uh, on my little okay. email list. But it's findyournewnormal.com. Okay, excellent. Well, Dave, you have been a oh fabulous gosh. guest. Um, thank, and, you know, I have to admit, we were kind of, the guest we thought we had for today didn't come through. And so I called Dave and, Dave, help. So, so he, fabulous. So you are my hero. I wish we were there. We could hug you. You sound like a man that would take a great big hug. You know what? We actually have to really go offline now. So really quick, if you love this show and you'd like to make a donation to it, Go to breastfriends.org, click on the big blue button and make a donation because this show costs us money and we don't have any sponsors at the moment. But we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.